the thought of losing losing the restaurants to me is like losing a family member and although it it hurts and you don't know what to do at that point you also learn to adapt and manage manage those situations you don't want to let people down more than ever this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep Not all restaurants are alike, but the pandemic forced all hospitality businesses into the same model, takeaway. For many, simply switching to takeaway just wasn't a reality. How has the pandemic played out for operators with multiple and often different venues? Brent Savage is one of Australia's best chefs and restaurateurs. Together with Nick Hildebrandt, they became affably known as the Bentley Boys who build a restaurant group of vastly different award-winning establishments, the likes of Bentley Restaurant and Bar, Monopole, Yellow and Cirrus. Brent, how are you going? Good, Anthony. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Um, you've got four restaurants and they're all um, recognised as, you know, some of Australia's best. Um, and, you know, you spend a long time in the industry and built up this group. How did it feel in that period when the pandemic sort of arrived and the industry was forced into sort of closure except for takeaway? Yeah, look, um, for me, it was um, quite overwhelming, um, particularly in the beginning. Obviously, there was, um, although the government did get there in the end, it was, they, were, they were a bit got off to a bit of a slow start, and um, which was pretty scary. I've, I guess um, for us, uh, we felt. We felt pretty, I guess, alone is not quite the right word, but we were, we, we were definitely um, feeling like unsupported at that stage and, and um, um, it was really nice. Well, I guess one of the things that was really nice, lots of our uh, peers and mates in the industry um, we were in close contact with, which um, sort of brought people together, which was um, one, of the, one of the real positives out of, the, out of this that, and, and still exists today. You know, so it's it's been it's been good to um, touch base with with lots of people that you normally wouldn't uh, be in s- such close contact with, or you know, usually you're catching up once a year at the awards or whatever. But um, I think we all we all sort of um, chatted with each other and and tried to um, feel each other out as to what the what the best way forward was, which was um, typical of hospitality, I guess. What was that period like? What were the immediate decisions that you and Nick made in regards to the businesses? Uh, I mean, yeah, you sort of felt it with the weeks leading in. You know, we saw sales, we saw sales dropping. We saw corporate. You know, one of our obviously Bentley um, is smack bang in the middle of the city. We have we have um, a lot of corporates. Um, which is our bread and butter, really, going into the doing um, doing group bookings on a daily basis. Um, that we saw those reservations dropping off first, um, which was quite a, you know, daunting prospect in itself. And then, and then the on flow from there was the other, um, the other restaurants being affected just with general a la carte and eventually, um, having, having so such little, um, patrons that it wasn't worth opening, um, and making those decisions to to actually get to the point where we're going, no, this isn't worth it anymore. Um, yeah, it took a bit. It, it 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 seemed to be you know so much changed on a day to day basis that it took um, 
it felt like months, but it was only a week or two. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, the, I guess the hardest decisions that we actually had to make was, um, you know, letting, letting go our staff, the people who support us day in, day out, besides our, besides the, you know, our best guests, uh, our customers, um, but the, the people closest to us every day are our staff. And that was a, that was a really, really difficult, um, conversation to have to say hey we've got no work at the moment and and at that point we didn't really have um any any way of supporting supporting them through through government or anything job seeker hadn't really um taken place and, and nor had job keeper so it, it was sort of an empty conversation where it's like hey guys we, we you know we're, we're out of we've got no work we've got no customers what are we going to you know until further notice you're being stood down and that and that was heartbreaking, and seeing some of the reactions, and particularly with um, particularly with people that we've that we've nurtured um, through sponsorship or through, you know, just um, just some of the young internationals that we have working for us are, are, are absolute amazing people, and um, to have to explain to them that you know we knew that the government eventually would have to support um, Australian citizens, but. We didn't really have anything to offer the internationals, which was really difficult. You've um, spent a lot of time with Nick building this group, you know, that came from Bentley when it was in Surrey Hills, and you've got four restaurants now, and it's quite a big group. Um, yeah, I remember last year when you won Chef of the Year, and we had a conversation about how happy you were about that for your team and and what it meant for them because you know times were a little bit tough and. Um, you got some great acknowledgements then. Like, how did how did it feel having all of that sort of taken away with so much uncertainty? Like, how, how have you felt in this period? Um, the acknowledge, acknowledgements are always amazing, and and um, it's nice to be recognised amongst amongst your peers and amongst your friends and all that and all that. Um, it didn't. I mean, I, I, as as far as things being taken away goes. Um, with it, you know, without sounding arrogant or anything, but like I, I, I mean, the awards were the, the last thing on my mind. It was more about um, saving the restaurants and having the having the our our lives taken away. You know, our lifestyles taken away was was very daunting. Um, we, um, I guess, yeah, we you know really wanted to. Um, come out on the other side of this and um, making sure that we took steps to to come out on the other side was the, the most important things that we could do. I guess um, the thought of losing losing the restaurants to me is like um, losing a family member and although although it it hurts and and you don't know you don't know what to do at that point um, you also learn to adapt and manage manage those situations or you have to more than more so than you learn to but you actually have to do it there's no um you've got no choice and you've got not you've got so many obligations hanging out there that that you 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 don't want to let people down more than ever so with the sort of letting go of staff and you know the closures of the business temporarily um what 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 did you put in place then after that to sort of trigger some trade um, with the various businesses because your restaurants are quite different even they all they are, even though they all operate at such a high level what initiatives did you put in 
Yeah, absolutely. Like we um, we obviously needed time to to you know um, absorb what's just happened and, and work out a, a way forward. And I think um, the the obvious thing was the first thing that was so obvious to us. We had a cool room full of not full of food, but there was quite a bit of um, product that we had in amongst four cool rooms in the in the restaurants we had a lot of stuff that could be produced and and on sold as as um, meals or or just as raw produce and one of the first things we did was offload that through a little market we ran at yellow um, we had a lot of vegetables hanging around so we we packaged those up and and um, sold those off and that that did quite well for us and then um, that which then sparked the next idea was to um, keep that going you know like well we we have access to these amazing suppliers and amazing produce and and they that that generally don't um, get to the general public that easily and we thought that it was was an opportunity to um, to keep on giving to our to our customers and obviously by doing that it was also supporting our uh, a few, uh, you know, a percentage of our staff members in in keeping them busy. A lot of people in that time wanted to be busy. They they didn't want to be sitting at home, and it's typical of um, hospitality crowd that they don't want. You know, most of them have ADD or close to it. Um, so they, you know, so they 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 need to be kept busy, and and that's what we tried to do is keep you know keep people positive and keep them. Um, kept keep them busy and and further I guess the um, then we started monopole market so we were selling um, some wine and produce out of monopole um, was the second thing that we did and there was a few ready-made meals there and you know um, you know we busted out some some old school pastry and and um, did did some tarts and things like that um and yeah that that's been going ever since which we, we're really proud of what we're, we're we're doing over there and then um um the next step was to adapt our 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 offering to get it to people's homes you know and um, that took a bit of time, and it was it was pretty much like opening a, a new restaurant. Really, we had to um, give it a lot of you know we gave it a lot of thought. A lot of um, a lot of the packaging took time to to get together. I thought it would be a re- relatively quick project project to do, but as it turned out, you know, it took us a good two three weeks to get that up and running, and and um, it was. Um, a shitload of work, a shitload more than what I anticipated. <laughs> Do you see these uh, models and, you know, new businesses that you've been forced to launch? Do you see them evolving and continuing down the track when the restaurants open again? Um, look, in theory, it would be a fantastic thing to say and do is to continue it, but the logistics behind it are, are quite challenging. You know, like to and to think that really they need their own. You know, these mini business models that we've set up um, to be able to make their, those business models viable, they would really need. A, they would need more attention than what we can give them at the moment, and they would need their own space. You know, prepackaged food takes a, um, a a lot of a lot of space really to to actually make it and to do that well and to do it at a HACCP standard. Um, there's a there's a lot that should should happen in behind. Well, has to happen in behind it, and um, so we're really conscious that that. Um, 
yeah, not to overextend ourselves because we're also focusing on trying to get the restaurants back open again, you know, especially now that the bans have um, been lifted and things like that. You and Nick have um, created quite a formidable team over many years. Has has this situation changed your relationship uh, and set you perhaps on a different path moving forward for the group? Oh, I definitely. I it was it, it's almost a circuit breaker that we needed. You know what I mean? Like um, you sort of get into these uh, habits, I guess, of running running continually running things the way they were and um, providing growth for people and, and, you know, although we're only a small group, um, people are, are lots, lots of our staff have been with us for a long time and they're, they're looking for new challenges all the time and, and you almost sort of um, create opportunity for people to, to grow into. But, uh, I mean, it was a, for me... Um, it was a real reality check as to, you know, how easily um, you those, you know, you create fat in your business for, you know, um, maybe it's maybe it's not so necessary. And when it came down to it, um, getting back to getting back to the uh, the you know the core business which of of producing food and selling it, it, it was was it, it just it just makes you think differently going forward. You know, I think. Why did you get into the food industry in, in the first place? Um, I guess um, I think most people know the story that uh, you know, in 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 lots of ways. I grew up in Lithgow. There's there's not much on offer. It's sort of like um, you know, guns and coal mines are, are the are the uh, <laughs> are the go to <laughs> the go to industries there, and and I, I felt neither of those were for me, and. And um, at the time, my sister was um, cooking. She was a chef before I was. She was um, cooking in the Blue Mountains, and uh, essentially, I I um, I've basically started washing dishes um, for her and the the places that she was working in, and then and on it went from there, and just became an, it was sort of an, a natural cycle into becoming a cook, you know. That's that's a long way back from sort of what you ended up doing in Bentley, where you sort of bended and tested the realms of gastronomy, certainly in the early days, and then moved that forward for our culinary landscape. Um, has has this experience changed your perception of your cooking and what you might do on the other side of this when the restaurants open? Um, yeah, look, my I think that those perceptions have been um, changed. Like we're we're constantly evolving as as a group and as as cooks and me, um, you know, as to what we want to achieve um, as the years go by. You know, you, your goals are you're always sort of setting new goals for yourself and and you know what it would take to um, actually achieve those things is is. Um, I guess evolving, like, as I said, like it, it's very much evolving, and and I think now more than ever, um, you know, it's getting back to basics and making sure that we do the little things well and um, not overcomplicating um, the situation or or the restaurants, um, particularly with the way that labour laws are these days. Like, there's just no room. 
um, to to um, overcomplicate things and make make extra labour unnecessarily. And I think that's a reflection of what we do in in a day to day um, on a day to day basis with our restaurants and our food. With the changes in the laws and the government attempting to open up the industry in our society, and stage one is activated now, where you can have ten guests in a dining room. What's the plans for the group, and how are you going to open those up again, and when? Um, I guess, <clears throat> yeah. Look, um, I think there these are really positive steps, and um, we for us. Um, Although we didn't jump on the bandwagon immediately to get open, we wanted to give ourselves a little bit of time and um, also just sort of being being cautious not to not to go too early, I guess. Um, but just the the you know the communication that's needed and and the the cost involved of opening for ten people is and then hopefully growing to 20, 30, 40, whatever, and getting back to normal, um, it has to be really cautious, I think, you know, and um, and we are working towards it. And um, for us to open four restaurants in one in one go is just not a reality whatsoever, <laughs> you know, like it's at the end of the day, um, again, it's going to be an absolute shitload of work to get, to get back, everyone get back into rhythm and, um, you know, we've lost a lot of staff. Um, so due to whether they're international or they've decided to go home or a change, it was a, you know, like I said, it was a circuit breaker and people have, ch- have decided to change direction in their lives or whatever it's brought on for people, um, and, you know, we're, we're probably going to be a bit shorter staff than what we started out with. And, um, yeah, but, you know, we're going to start out small and we're going to open yellow um, and do the do the 20 covers a night or whatever whatever we can fit in um, just to get rhythm back, um, to keep people, mo- you know, get the teams back working and back into the rhythm of of, of of um, normality, I guess, and um, yeah, so we'll do we'll do one at a time, and 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 hopefully um, come out, re- you know, with a with a with a stronger product than we, we went into with. How are you feeling about the the opening and you know this sort of chance to sort of get back on track? Um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm feeling really positive actually. I think that it's a, uh, that, um, this is what, when everything closed down, I think everyone was sort of wondering, well, will, will we ever open up? Will we be able to ever open up and, and so on. And, and it's also been an opportunity to, f- um, fix a few brokens, you know, like we, we, we can take this time and think about, um, you know, what, what wasn't working and eliminating it from, from what we do going forward and and um you know i guess in the beginning we're we're going to open in a reduced hours capacity which which um really sort of um puts time back in our hands which we never had previously yeah so overall though i think it's i think it's what has to happen you know that we we all the economy you know restaurants hopefully you know, I don't think everyone, anyone will come back the same as they were, but the fact to get everyone back to work and back working is what we need to do. Just moments ago, you said um, that there's things that uh, you could fix that weren't working with the industry. Um, what do you think are the biggest lessons that you've learned from COVID and, and what are other things that you can change? 
Um, I can really, yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, there's there's broader issues there that um, I think a lot of people are, are talking about in the industry, which I think is fantastic, and I think there are issues that um, need to be talked about and um, aired, and hopefully. Um, fixed or, or business models need to be fixed to adapt to them. I guess what I'm referring to there is obviously the industrial relations side of things. Um, in our industry has been um, heavily heavily monitored at the moment and um, it's. I don't think there's an easy answer and um, I think it's probably it comes down to the business models and you know we've worked on we, we were working on a model which um, was probably dated um, in many ways, um, and you could talk about in in that you could talk about the hours that chefs worked. You could talk about the way that the tip system works for the front and back of house, or you could talk about um, the 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 fact that you know no one ever really really uh, regulated our industry and then for 20, 20 odd years and then they and then finally uh, you know the regulator comes in and says oh you're doing it all wrong but you know technically yeah we may have been doing it wrong but there was no one there regulating it <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so it yeah. was a two yeah two-sided um two-sided story I guess and um yeah, and I think we're probably going to get some um, consistencies um, back into our into our um, industrial relations going forward, which is great. You know, it's great for the industry. It's just going to mean that we um, everyone's going to have to operate differently, and potentially, um, you know, some places or some parts of uh, our dining scene may become more expensive to adapt to that to those. Um, costs, you know, because re restaurants have always run on a very, very thin margin, and um, and yes, it's probably um, lent on staff uh, from time to time where 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 it um, maybe shouldn't have, or but really the only person that benefited from that was the customers. It wasn't about um, ripping, you know, I don't think I don't think restaurateurs really benefited from that, and I don't think you know staff really benefited from it either. I think the only the only benefits came through um, was you know to the attention to detail that our, our customers got on their plate for for a fraction of what they potentially could pay. You know, and in other countries they would have to pay. You know, so it'll be an interest. I think. Um, I'm in no um, no way or means flying the flag that restaurants are cheap experiences because they're they're not and I love nothing more than to make them more accessible to more people because that would be just much better for everybody. But but at the end of the day, um, you know, they're real. There's some real costs that sit in behind restaurants, and I don't think they're they're recognised as much as they could be. It's been a pretty big period, obviously, for everyone on the planet, and um, you've had to reevaluate everything. You know, how have you personally felt during this period, and have there been some positives to come out of it for you? Um, oh, to be to be really honest, like I've I've worked I've worked harder or as hard as ever, um, trying to save the businesses as I did 
trying to run four restaurants. I, I think um, it's been a much more stressful period for me. Um, when I first, when I first um, thought about this COVID situations, I, I thought, oh, you know what, this might be an opportunity to spend time with my girls or you know all my kids, including you know, um, and and actually. Sp- you know, help them do their schoolwork and get get more involved in their lives, which I, I, I would love to do because I always feel a bit time poor. Um, but as it turned out, um, you know, the businesses that need more attention from it than ever and I spent, you know, that I re- really had to focus to make sure that we didn't fall over during this period and, you know, so the, I guess the negative on a personal level was that I didn't actually get to spend as much time with the family as I would have loved to, but um, on the positive to that is that you know, you know, talking talking to you today, we're going to come out on the other side, and I don't think you know unless we gave it the attention that much attention, we would you know we may not have come out on the other side. Do you think it'll change the restaurant model on the other side that you do to allow you some more of your own personal space for balance? Um, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I really do. Um, but yeah, look, uh, let's, um, yeah, I, I guess that's definitely the goalpost and something that we'll be working towards is making sure that everybody, all, you know, staff and ourselves, uh, uh, everything's in perspective and, and that we're working towards, um, work-life balance, which that everybody, that, that everybody wants in their, in their workplace, I guess. Yeah. What What do you love about restaurants, and you know, what are you going to appreciate more about restaurants on the other side of this? Um, that's a good question. But <laughs> no, of course, there's there's lots of things. But um, I w- I would really like, I don't, you know, recognizing our 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 clientele more and more, and um, appreciating what they they do to support us. On a day-to-day basis, not that that ever really leaves your mind, but but um, through this period, like you know, we've had so many people reach out to us and um, and support us in all sorts of different ways, and and that's been um, that's been a really nice feeling. And you know, um, we have you know you know we have regulars that come in from that live at Cabramatta and and. Basically, um, we weren't delivering to Cabramatta, but he, you know, he he, he made sure that he made a big enough order to make make it worth our while to go out there and things like that. Those little little bits and pieces just make a, you know, it makes you know that people care and people understand that uh, at the moment we're going through a bit of a hard time and um, we it's not the normal circumstances where where it's all hospitality give 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 it's like we're we're we're, we're actually recipients of that that hospitality coming back our way more than ever i think yeah well you're on the verge of um sharing your unique style of hospitality again with the opening of yellow um how's it going to feel when you open the doors for the first time and guests come in 
Yeah, it's going to be. I, 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 I've got. I'm a bit nervous thinking about it, or not. You know, anxious to think about it. But yeah, look, we're absolutely excited, and um, we're we're you know the team, the kitchen teams that um you know we're painting the kitchen and cleaning it up and um, doing a deep clean at the moment. Like as um, just before I started talking to you, so um, it feels good to start to um, you know getting getting the team back together. Having everyone, having everyone working towards a, an actual goal of what they what they were employed to do, is um, it's exciting. And you know, we've been working on um, menus for Bentley going forward, and you know, um, that's exciting. So there's there's a lot lot of things happening in our in the background, which is which is exciting. But it'll be great to welcome people back into the restaurant and um, everybody doing what they're supposed to do. People are relaxing and and getting getting good hospitality and and you know cooks cooking and waiters waiters looking after people and sommeliers um you know giving the best wine well mate i've always been a fan of what you and nick bring to australia's culinary landscape very much look forward to eating in your restaurants again um thanks for catching up for us with us today and um keep in touch and good luck with everything Thanks, Anthony. It'll be um, awesome to have you back in the restaurant as well and uh, look forward to catching up. Cheers, mate. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.